Chapter 2 The Meeting It was the intention of the master to stop at the first house he came to. In this instance, a building whose blue walls shone out from between the trees of the surrounding garden. As he was about to approach the door, however, he noticed a net hung upon a branch. Without a moment's hesitation he walked past, repelled by the house of the bird-catcher. Here, at the extreme outskirts of the town, the houses were quite scattered, in addition to which a great fire had recently swept the area so that some time elapsed before he came to another human habitation. It was the farmhouse of a well-to-do Brahmin. The master had hardly stepped within the gate when he heard the loud voices of the Brahmin and his two wives as they scolded and wrangled and hurled invectives at one another. The Blessed One turned himself around, went out through the gateway, and moved on. The pleasure garden of the rich Brahmin extended for a considerable distance along the road. The master was already conscious of fatigue, and his right foot, injured by a sharp stone, pained him as he walked. In this condition he approached the next dwelling place, which was visible from a great distance, owing to a broad path of vivid light that streamed across the road, from the latticework of the shutters and from the open door. Even had a blind man come that way, he could not have failed to notice this house, for lusty laughter, the clang of silver drinking cups, the clapping of hands and the beat of dancing feet and the rhythmic notes of the seven-string vena rose clearly upon the air. Leaning against the doorpost was a beautiful girl, robed in rich silks and hung with jasmine garlands. Laughing, she flashed her teeth, red from chewing betel nut, and invited the wayfarer to stay. Enter here, stranger, this is the house of delight. But the Blessed One went on his way, and as he did so he recalled his own words. For one who is enraptured with the truth, the smile of smiling eyes is all-sufficing. The neighbouring house was not far distant, but the noise of the drinking, singing, and vena players penetrated there, so the Buddha went on to the next. Beside it, two butchers' assistants were hard at work by the last glimmer of daylight, cutting up with sharp knives the cow they had just slaughtered and the master moved on past the house of the butcher. In front of the one following stood many dishes and bowls, freshly formed from clay, the fruit of a diligent day's labour. The potter's wheel stood under a tamarind tree, and the potter at that moment removed a dish from the wheel and bore it to where the others lay. The master approached the potter, greeted him courteously, and said, If it's not inconvenient to you, respected friend, I would like to spend this night in your guest hall. Oh, it's not inconvenient to me, sir, but at this moment another seeker like yourself, a wanderer who has arrived from a long journey, has already moved in there for the night. If it's agreeable to him, you're welcome to stay, sir. It's up to you. The master reflected. Solitude, it is true, is the best of all companions, but this good pilgrim has arrived here late, just like myself, tired from his wanderings. And he also has passed by the houses where people follow unwholesome and bloody livelihoods, past the house of wrangling and strife, the house of clamour and unholy pleasure, and he has not rested until he entered the house of the potter. In the company of such a man it's possible to spend the night. So the Buddha entered the outer hall, and there he perceived a young man of noble bearing, sitting in a corner on a mat. "'If it's not disagreeable to you, friend,' said the master, I would like to spend the night in this place. The hall of the potter is spacious, brother. Please stay here if you wish. The master thus spread out his mat close to one of the walls and sat down with his legs crossed, his body perfectly upright, 
focusing his mind in deep meditation. The Blessed One remained sitting in this way during the first part of the night. The young man also remained sitting thus during the first part of the night. Seeing this, the Buddha thought to himself, I wonder whether this noble youth is happy in his search after truth. How would it be if I asked him? So he turned to the young seeker and inquired, his voice both deep and golden, What were the reasons, young friend? What were the causes that encouraged you to choose the life of homelessness? The young man answered, The night is yet young, venerable sir. If you are happy to lend an ear, I shall gladly tell you why I have chosen the life of the spiritual seeker. The Blessed One gave assent by a friendly movement of his head, and the young man began to tell his tale.